0: Does that again? Good evening, Rucham Abayim. Welcome. Um, we start the new chumash by Midbar. Shir is tonight Gimel Seven. Beginning what's known of what beginning of what's known as Shleis Throughout the United States, they will confess and tell you we're going into a holiday weekend. It doesn't matter what faith these people follow, this is a holiday weekend. Jewish nation is celebrating a weekend of three days in a row, Shabbos Kadesh, and two days of Shavuos, Sunday Monday follow Shavuos, and the world is celebrating Memorial Day. The Jews took up residence, found themselves, and where ultimately the Jewish nation would really begin, would truly begin. And the Almighty God, in His ominous wisdom, and as a father to children, said, Shah. quiet, everyone relax, everyone's jet-lagged, everyone's exhausted. No instructions today. No news today, no instructions, no bulletins. It was only the next day, when the Jews found themselves settled in, that the Almighty began telling Moshe the instructions as to what the Jewish nation should anticipate. Believe you me, the delicacies and the cheesecakes and the cheese blinces and the cheese lasagnas and everything else that are being prepared for this Shavuos. Moshe Rabbeinu saw a lot on Hasina. He saw a lot what the future generations. This he did not understand. Weight Watchers tells you if you just pick, you don't gain weight. You have to actually eat it. If you just pick, you're fine. There are those that have the opinion if you just take from the ends you're okay. It just happens to be a lot of ends around the cake. <laughs> said, yes, cheesecakes. The Yiddish expression is, the cup cheesecakes. We're over our heads, cheesecakes, We're up to our ears, up to the kazoo. What's going on? It's not the end of the cake, it's the edge of the cake. Cold ends. Cut it and then take the edge. Ah. Make it straight and leave it. Nyeh. That has no calories. Crumbs have no calories either. If you leave over enough crumbs, you're okay. Ironically, Pashas by Midbar, which is this Shabbos, almost loses its luster because it's being followed by Shavuos. I'd like to announce a halacha. It has nothing to do with haircuts or listening to music. It has to do with Shabbos Khaidish. There is nothing that compares to Shabbos Khaidish. Starting from that exalted moment when the woman of the house or the girls of the house bench licht They make the blessing on the candles. And the Zubavitcher Rebbe asked many times that young girls should light one candle as well until they get married and then they light two. And if they haven't started yet, until now they should start. When you hear this broadcast tonight, tomorrow, take on the Haklata that from henceforth even the young girls will light a candle on Arab Shabbos. And of course not to forget... So always give tzedakah, a coin to charity before lighting the candles. The entire motion, the entire action of the minor, of the candle lighting for Shabbat is inexplicable. How can you say that? Look, there's the books, and they'll tell you; they'll explain everything to you. That's not what we mean. Inexplicable means that a normal outside person even a non-Jew walks into a home when the woman is making the bracha on the candle when the woman is lighting her candle the serenity behind it when the woman waves her hands towards herself three times and then the significance of covering her eyes covering her eyes so that she does not see the fire as lit so she can now make the bracha lahad likner Let us spare a moment now of our precious sheer, just to scrutinize that very very motion that very action. The woman cannot see when she makes the bracha Lahadlik Nesh shabbos She cannot see that candle is lit because it's not Lahadlik too light. It's already Daluk. Therefore, she has to cover her eyes. I know you like to try to tell a little child or the little child likes to try to tell you And convince you that if he closes his eyes, you won't see him. Children will tell you that. Let's see if this works this way. It doesn't work this way. I'm going to call you right back. Yossi, so I can edge you to this call. One second. One second. Let me put this back in here. Unhold. Get off the hold. Unhold. Ugh. What did I do? Resume. I am sorry. That was a mistake. Okay, I pushed the wrong button for a change. I'm very good at that. Pushing wrong buttons. Um, they should actually, I should get one technician here. One of you guys should sit here and just man this computer the whole year. It would be so sweet. Here we go. This guy wants to be added. Let us add him on. There we are. Okay. We are discussing the beauty of the candle lighting. The playing peekaboo with the candle. The woman covering her eyes; she doesn't see the candle. Is that a petty move? Isn't that awkward to say that I lit it? I know I lit it, but I didn't light it. What to prove I didn't light it? Because I can't see it. If I can't see it, I didn't. Of course, you lit it, and you know you lit it. You're a mature enough person to hold a match if you're a little girl, even to hold a fire to the candle. You're a mature enough woman to have a household. What kind of games are we playing by covering our eyes? So at first look, it is very very awkward. But the real truth of the matter is we don't play games with mitzvahs. We don't try to fool, we don't improvise when we're doing a mitzvah. A mitzvah is something that is v'chibur that Zerah tells us. It connects us with God. And if a mitzvah is connecting us to God, we're not going to play a game with it. We're not going to fool around with it. And therefore, the mitzvah, the candle lighting, the woman covering her eyes, she's not in denial of what she did. She is in essence taking out the week, what went on during the week, the cooking, the cleaning, the preparations, all this is now going aside, it's being peeled off, and she is now joining Shabbos Kodesh. She is now becoming one, with the Holy Shabbos. This is what the candle lighting signif- signifies. This is what the candle lighting is actually doing. And therefore, as each woman or girl lights the Shabbos candle, and they'll have an opportunity on this weekend to light on Friday, and then again Saturday night, and again Sunday night, outside of Eretz Yisrael. So what better time is it for a young lady that is not lighting, not yet lighting candles to begin on this very Shabbos? To take on the Haklata, to start to light every week. And this is the local candle lighting times in your area. Very, very simple to find. Um, if you need to find it online, it's maizmanim.com and m y. M-Y, my Zmanim is Z-M-A-N-I-N Zmanim dot com and you can find it, just puts in your zip code and tell you where to find it uh, No, you won't find it in Chumash the Torah does not have the word nader Shabbos Kodesh the Torah tells us Zacher the HaShabbos and Shomer Eseim HaShabbos and that's why the woman lights two candles one for Zacher and one for Shomer candles are Neir Hashem Nishmas Adam the candle of the light is the soul of the person and therefore that represents and if I just give a sheer only on candle lighting we can go for 4-5 or five hours what the concept of candles are all about but no, you will not find it, actually, the commandment itself per se, in the Torah. Correct. Let us take a little bit of time now for Parshish Bamidbar. Although, as we started to say, and the reason I went off into a tangent for a change, and I'll tell you the honest to goodness truth, the reason for my tangents today, at this era, at this time in my life, is because i like to see if I can find, back, find my way back to where I was talking about. It's a test on myself. It's really not, because ultimately I could write notes and keep notes on exactly what the shir is all about, and just say word for word. And I I go off to a tangent. Say now, can I come back to what I was talking about? Yes, I can. Still, I don't guarantee how long that's going to (laughs) go. For right now, I can still go back to it. Shabbos kiddush this week, the holy Shabbos. I heard from many, many people already this is going to be amazing because the custom is the first night of Shavuos we repair a sin that was committed thousands of years ago in the year 2448 the Jews sat stood around Mount Sinai and for days on end they were given preparations, instructions, etc. as we spoke before But then, the night before they got the Torah, instead of being full of excitement, enthusiasm and adrenaline and not being able to shut an eye, they fell asleep. And because they slept on that night, we have accustomed the first night of Shuas to stay awake. We are repairing what they had done Thousands of years ago. And we're still doing it. We're still paying for it. Is it understandable? Almost. Is it something that we can deal with? can deal with it. We pull all nighters all the time. Generally, the night before Shavuos, we're cooking all night. We pull the all nighter cooking, preparing people. Comes the first night of Shavuos, we're supposed to stay up all night, we're exhausted from the night before. (laughs) During the day, obviously you couldn't go to sleep because you were going on Mifzayim, or you were doing still your preparations, your last minute preparations, you're on your feet all day again said, come shuuz by night before the matzabals make it to the soup. You're already halfway down. The matzobols keep your head afloat. You don't fall and drown in the soup. So how do you stay up all night? So I heard from many people this year it's going to be a breeze. Because Shabbos you can sleep. You're not doing any cooking. So we are going to get an early meal. And after the early meal, we're going to sleep a whole day. Sleep a whole day. So there will be no problem staying up a whole night with In English, I'd use only one word to express my feelings for that. That's if I spoke a proper English, I would give you this one word: Feh. Fe. How dare someone say I'm going to prepare on Shabbos for Shavuos? I'm going to use my, utilize my holy Shabbos moments to prepare for Shavuos. It doesn't work according to Halacha. It doesn't work according to Torah. Shabbos is Shabbos. It's considered Erev Shavuos, but the Haftada that you're going to read is not Shabbos Haftada Erev Shavuos. There's no Haftada of Mokhar Shavuos, like there would be on Rish Kedesh. It's a Haftada of the Haftada of Pashas by Midbar. The Shabbos is purely Shabbos by Midbar. And coincidentally it is Hay Sivan, which is ultimately Erev Shavuos we do not use Shabbos we do not downgrade Shabbos to a preparation for Shavuos we do those spiritually spiritually we prepare ourselves in a way that we couldn't if it was a weekday on the weekday, as we said before, if it's Arab Shavuos, we are running and bustling and hustling and cooking and putting on film with people and finding people to to invite them for Yom Tov and invite them to come here. that said to make sure that every Jew hears the Ten Commandments. We don't leave any stone unturned because we're running and we're doing with we cell phones and we're regular phones, texting, BlackBerry message, WhatsApp, and then all anything else you can come up with, Facebooking and then tweeting and then whatever it might be to make sure that everyone is going to. Come Come tomorrow to hear the reading of the Ten Commandments. Can we actually prepare ourselves spiritually? No. Who has time? You're in the kitchen, you're this, no? Now, now we have Shabbos. Shabbos. We have to do nothing else but Shabbos. And which Shabbos is this? Erev Shavuos we can prepare ourselves spiritually as is the moment that we are receiving the Torah tomorrow there is a very interesting Pasuk in Chumash B'Amidbar and Parash B'Amidbar as we embark on the new Chumash the book known as Numbers the pasuk says, "Ve'eile toil dois Arin u'Moisha." This is chapter three, pasuk one. Pei Gimel, pasuk Aleph. Ve'eile toil dois Arin u'Moisha. These are the children of Arin and Moisha, and the Torah goes on to enumerate the children of Aaron. The Ben Chamish the Mikra is in an uproar. He said, What's going on here? If these are the children of Aaron and Moshe, why are only the children of Aaron mentioned? Where are the children of Moshe? So Rashi puts his hand on the shoulder of the Ben Chamish the Mikra, and as he does in every other pasuk in the Torah. He leads him through with the most simplest of words. And he quotes, Melamed, it teaches us, Shekola Melamed ben Chavere Teira, whoever teaches his son of his friend Teira, My love of the pasuk then gives it upon him, the credit, Ki as if he gave birth to him. Wow! What a Rashi. Since Moshe taught Aaron's children, they are considered his children. Wow. Give me a cup of salt. The Rebbe asks a very, very powerful question. When a child is born, the mother bears the child. And so too when the child begins to learn Tata, he is born. when the child embarks on the motion thank you very much. Of connecting with Tera, he's born. In that case, the a very, 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 powerful question. It's not Kol Hamalamed Ben Chaveri. Only the first one that teaches the child Tera the first concept of Teda, he becomes Kiel Yelde. He now becomes born. Why Kol HaMelamed, everyone that teaches this child? And it's Kielu Yelde as if he gave birth. The mother gives birth once. She doesn't keep giving birth to him every day. She's his mother on a constant basis and perpetually, but not giving birth to him. The Baal Shem HaKadosh tells us, the Holy Baal Shem Tov says, Every second of the world the Almighty God is Mechaya Esa'elam. The Almighty God gives life to the world and recreates it new. The world is recreated on every second basis. According to this we find that the life of the person rejuvenates every second I've told this many times we sat in we were learning the rabbinical college of america 1975 76 and two bakram were talking and one bakr said i need a vacation I need a vacation so the other bakr told him this is the years that we were learning citizen in depth it says the person is created in the same form as the Almighty God. If we're created in the form of God, do you think God ever takes a vacation? Why do you need a vacation? So we all had a good laugh that was a cute line. but then the other guy turned around and said something that shocked everybody off their minds. and I don't know if you ever saw a car have it make a short stop. I don't know if you ever saw somebody getting a good laugh at something, and all of a sudden getting shocked out of it, not being all of a sudden laughing, and all just cut dead. He turned around and said, "And if God took a vacation, you think we'd know it?" As a matter of fact, he says, "God could take a vacation for a thousand years, and you would not know that you stopped existing for a thousand years and recontinued." When God creates the world, it's in a constant basis being recreated. We don't know one heartbeat to the next. Medically, the EKG machine is sitting there and counting your heartbeats and the pumps, etc. Spiritually, God is recreating you every second. And therefore, it's not just recreating. Not just taking the you, the table, the chair, and saying, okay, I'm recreating the table and the chair. The B'A'Shemta goes a step further and says, God is recreating me, I in the yesh. He is recreating just like when He he created the world the first time. Every existing creature and creation, flower and animal and whatever it might be, insect... And human being is recreated right then and there. Based on this, says the Rebbe, the Jewish life, the Jewish existence, is hand in hand with Torah. We say every night in my Kihem chayenu, this is our life and the length of our days and we know if God forbids someone stops learning Torah God forbid Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us on 99A Tzadik Tesa aleph. God forbid what could happen what happens to the person what the punishment is it's as if he severs himself from life Ah, now we understand. Kol ben teda, hila Because if the person would not be learning teda, the moment that he's not learning teda, God forbid, what are the repercussions? What are the punishments? He would not be considered even a ben so therefore, each time he learns Teda, he gets newly rejuvenated from the Almighty God, through the Teda, which is what creation is existing on. And because the person is teaching him this, he's causing that the person should have a new life. He becomes Ben Chaveri again, once again. And therefore, it's Ki'ili Mamish, Mamesh, if he is literally giving birth to him. He is keeping him in existence with the world. Nothing is coincidental in Teda. The Teda manages to find the Parshas in such a situation that they always coincide with Yom Tevim that enhance or teach a special lesson as to why this portion of the Torah is being read and so too is Pasha's Bamidbol and the holiday of Shavuos First and foremost, the concept of Bamidbar in a desert. I mean, let us get real. The Almighty wanted to give the taytra, He couldn't find a nicer place. The Rebbe explains the reason for being using the desert. A desert has no owner. Nobody claims rights to the desert. Nobody claims right to this cactus. You never heard anyone tell you, this is my cactus. I saw it first. And just like the desert has no one claiming, no one person can say the terror is only mine the Tera is everyone's equally. But even more so, the time of the Altarebba, the first Rebbe, the counterpart, oh no, here goes internet, the counterpart of the Altarebba, let not call him counterpart, another sage of the generation was in a city called Vilna. And the head of the city was known as the Vilna Gon. To say the least, the Vilnagon was an antagonist. As were his followers and their beliefs. They did not, let us say, they were not overly accepted to Chesidim to at large. The Vilna as the sages of today's day and age, we all know there was a major event this past Sunday, we call yourselves so almost 60,000 Jews gathered together to try to rally the Jews to using filters on their internet so that people do not go, the children do not wander or even people themselves do not wander to places they shouldn't be. someone asked me why I didn't attend I said I was busy giving a class online how ironic I'm giving a Torah class online and you want me to shut down the internet it's awkward awkward and yes it's a major tool for such things and yes the internet is an amazing thing how we can get and find iTunes and Torah words and lessons and life lessons But it's got a flip side to it. There's nothing to talk about. We're not going to deny that. In the time of the Vilna Nagon, you see, I asked the question, I spoke today in different offices. I asked the question, I said, okay, today we have the Internet. We're going to blame society's shortcomings on the Internet. We're going to blame the children going astray and array because of the Internet. We're going to blame the divorce rate going up because of the internet, because people are are addicted to it. We're going to... Great. We're going to blame decadence of the generation on the internet. My question I asked was, in the year 2448, the Jews had to get out of Egypt quick. Why? Because at the time... There were forty nine Who's that? There were forty nine levels of impurity. And at forty ninth level of impurity the situation was really bad. And therefore it was imperative that they leave Egypt quickly. I don't know if anyone knows this very interesting discovery the other day the archaeologists in Israel were digging and digging and they found there's no wires there's no telephone lines underground thousands of years ago in Israel and they concluded that the Jews have been using wireless services over thousands of years ago they had cell phones because how else would they have made phone calls if there's no wires. So the archaeologists came up with this brilliant idea. So the question is though, if that indeed is not true, what brought thousands and thousands of people in Egypt in 2446 47 down to the 49th level of impurity? There was no internet. There were no despicable magazines. There weren't even any romance books. What happened? What caused this to happen to the generation? There was something else. There was definitely something else. What it was, we don't know. But it was something else. And every generation, and this is what the Balagoda writes in the Vihish Omda, <laughs> Each generation they are standing up to destroy us. It doesn't necessarily mean with a hack and a sickle. It doesn't necessarily mean with a gas chamber. It doesn't necessarily mean with an Uzi or a machine gun. They're standing up as the Greeks tried to do in the time of Hanukkah. To deprive the Jews of moment of learning Torah. Not being able to access and to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. This is how they knew they were going to destroy a Jewish nation. And this was their goal and this is what they fought for. If that's the case, Houston, we have a problem. We discovered in the year 2012, Toph there is something that's attacking our Judaism, our essence. It's called the Internet. But we know, of course, that the Almighty prepares the Rafuah before the Makkah. He has the medicine before the illness. And that's why if you look in the orders of the Gemaras, of Shas, of the Talmud, each Talmud has a different number to it. Brachas is number one, Shabbos is number two. The number, the, the tractate that comes before the tractate of Kedushan, which deals with marriage, is the tractate of Gitin, which deals with divorce. So we see the tractate of divorce comes before the tractate of marriage. So that we see the refuah is before the makkah. The medica- medication is already before the illness. So too is Rahman al an internet. So too is Rahman al anything else that is hindering and hampering our service to God. In the time of the Vilna as we started to tell, there was a major issue called the maskilim. And the maskilim were causing havoc amongst the Jewish nation because the people were starting to find colors more attractive than black and white. And when the maskilim were offering free thinking and the Jews were not restrained and restricted to their straight and narrow thoughts in the brainwashed black and white world, it was very attractive. And because it was so attractive, many Jews were falling by the wayside. The Vilna Gaon came up with a brainstorm. And they took a bunch of students, they say ten or tens of students, who were very, very learned scholars, Torah scholars, and he injected them into the college system in Berlin, the University of Berlin. the mission that they were sent on was to see what it is that is attracting the Jews and drawing the Jews away from their creator so that an antidote could be made to save the Jews and to bring them back all but two fell through the cracks Of all the ten or the tens of students that he sent, only two came out whole. One's name was Rapinchis and he wrote a sefer called Sefer Abriz. And the other was a yid named Moeser Meizlish, who lived in Vilna for many years, and ultimately, because of several stories, which we won't tell tonight, became connected to the Tereb and became a chassid. Which in Vilna, they might say, was just as bad as falling into university. One other such student was a student named Shlema Fagin. Shlema Fagin Shlema Fagin was confused. He was confused. He didn't know should I be doing what I'm doing or should I not be doing what I'm doing. Should I be staying religious or should I be going off to who knows what? Reb Fagin was in problems and he was constantly confused. Circumstance had it, that Fagin went to the Alter And the Alter told him, in the days of your heyday in business you would travel to Leipzig. You travel to the marketplace in Germany. And you made money. Go to Leipzig. On your way, next time you go to Leipzig, stop off in Karlin. There is a Chavrusa of mine, a study partner. I want you to go see him. and he said fine and one time he's traveling to Leipzig he stopped in Kaleen and he said he'd like to see the Kalina. and he told them that the Altirebbe that if Shizalman Ali Adi asked that he stops him to see him and they said fine they sat him down outside the room of the Kalina's office and he's waiting suddenly he hears inside the office pacing, and walking, and banging, and throwing, and chairs turning over, and the door opens up, and the Kalina himself pops his head out, and he's in a dismayed look, and he looks at the shleim, and he says, there is a God, and he just stares at him and slams the door again, and again he begins to pace, and this happens thrice where he opens the door and he keeps repeating the same things, there actually is a God. Ebshlema was unimpressed, to say the least, and was not waiting for the fourth time, and was not waiting for the Kalina to calm down and to invite him, and Ebshlema left. When he left there, he left everything else too. And he just left Judaism, and he went off and ultimately became the Minister of Transportation he became the Minister of Transportation the Rebbe in turn was traveling from the Ojna and came to Hadij. those from the uh, Ukraine know where Hadij is if you don't know where it is it's uh, North East from Kiev there's Hadich and then there's Nezhen Nezhen is a much bigger city obviously Nezhen, the Mitla Rebbe is buried and al Tareba was going through Hadich or Piena and the al Tareba passed away and was buried in Hadich at the time they were building a highway in Russia in Ukraine, whatever and the highway was going to go right through Hadich Which would of course mean they would have to dig up the Al Terebah Rahman al And they knew this was not an option. They also knew convincing the Russian government to change their mind wasn't much of an option either. They had to rely on a miracle. The only miracle they could think of is there was one of the khsidim of the Al Terebah that was friendly with Rav Shlema Fagin, he was going to go visit him. And he traveled to Petersburg, and he had an appointment with him, and he sat in the waiting room, and finally he comes into the room, and Rav looks and looks at him, and Rav Shlema is now sitting there, you can never tell this was a Jewish man, very well dressed, but obviously no yarmulke, no, no 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 nothing, no beard. And he says, No, what do you want? So he explained to him how the Al passed away, and the Al is buried in Hadich, and in Hadich they want to put a highway now. It's a big problem, we have to stop it. Huh? That's what you want? He says, Yeah. I also want something. Are you willing to do what I want? Chassid didn't know what to say. Finally he said, yes, I'm willing. Givaldik Snaps his fingers, he calls the servant. The servant comes in with a beautiful tray, with a silver cover over it, puts it down on Ebshleimah's desk, and walks out. Ebshleimah tells the Chassid, you want me to change the whole routing of the highway yeah? but you're going to do what I want this is 100% but now the Chassid starting to worry does he want him to eat not kosher shalom. but the Chassid said I will do whatever you want he says good he takes out a big map and he sees the map is the highway and he sees the line going through hadith and he takes a marker He wipes it off and he reroutes it. No haditch. Finished. He uncovers the tray, and on it is a bottle of vodka, two cups, herring, and pickles. And he says, You know what I want from you? What I miss the most from my past? A good fabrangin. I want a good chasidah shefabrengin. Sit with me. Drink with me. Say l'chaim with me. And sing some nigunim with me. That's all I'm missing. And he did just that. And the chasid sat down with him. And took this barren field. Took this man that was now devoid of Torah and mitzvot, And all he wanted was that connection of yesteryear, that beautiful connection, that mitzvah, that fabrengin, to sit and to sing at the Chaim together. And this was sufficient for him. Another similar story is a chassid of the Tzermach tzedeks. had a little issue he had amazing business he sold seeds for planting now the seeds actually when I was, saw this story and I was reading this story preparing it for this year I wanted to google agriculture so I'd understand what's going on but I didn't do it so because I can't use internet so I didn't do it I don't know how it works exactly, but apparently there is different type of seeds for the wheat that are going to help you. This is better more higher quality and lesser quality. And therefore, this chassid had the best quality seeds. And the best quality seeds. were in a major storehouse and it wasn't the day of modern technology you didn't have humidors and this and that you had to really know how to store this stuff or else it got wormy, it got shriveled, it got destroyed. And there was a certain time that you came to the towns of the farmers areas and delivered the seeds. If you were not on time if you came too early, the farmers could not do anything with your seeds because they can't plant it yet and they're going to get rotten. If you come too late, you miss the planting season. So you have to arrive exactly on time with these seeds. The journey was five days. Six days, whatever it was. The day came and a Packs up his wagons and wagons and wagons. His most prosperous customer was the paritz, the Tsar, And he was also a very malicious fellow. But he was satisfied every year with this fellow. And because the Jew brought him the best grains, he always treated him the nicest. He didn't love him particularly as a Jew, but business was good. And what would happen is when he came to the town... All the farmers met together and it was a party. The grain has arrived. Which is ironic because the Russians don't believe in anything. They're superstitious, they don't believe in God. And the party was a real party. They would sit and drink and the and sing with music and dancing. No. They're a half a day out from the journey. They're half a day before arrival. And the foreman comes running up to the wagon where Abiyanko is sitting. And says, Abiyanko, hey, you're not going to believe this. He says, what? The six wagons for the potets, we forgot. They're not here. We didn't take them with us what are you talking about he says they're not here he stops the wagons and he gets off and he counts and he recounts, recounts and he says hey, we don't have them there's no way we can go back because it's going to take ten days and we'll be too late but, but we're not gonna, if I don't have the parents we're dead he started to pace he started to walk back and forth he started to all of a sudden a smile comes on his face the smile turns to laughter. The laughter turns into singing, rejoicing and dancing and jumping. And this, the foreman says, Ayah, oh brach. He cracked up. He must have cracked up. He lost it. He says, B'Simcha. Only Basimcha is going to work. We have to be joyful. We have to be happy. He's off his mind. We are dead people we're going and they get the wagons, they mount the wagons and they start to go and they arrive and as they get towards the town they see all the peasants are cheering from from just eyes waving. they can barely see them in the distance they're cheering the uncle jumps off his wagon and starts to run and run and run towards the peasants and he runs into the tavern and he orders 30 bottles of liquor and different types of mixes and things and he punch and fruits and gets this big vat and he pours everything in and he mixes and mixes and mixes and all the peasants are standing around and he says, no! Who's the first one? Ivan! And he gives him a cup of the mixture and everybody's watching and Ivan drinks and drinks and drinks and Ivan goes Ochin хорошо! Delicious! Fantastic! Everyone is excited, they start dipping and drinking and drinking the place is getting plastered. In the interim, they're running outside to the wagons and they're looking into the wagons to look at their wheat and smell it. This is their, the seeds. This is now their livelihood for the next few months. And they're smelling and they keep opening it and uncovering and uncovering. Finally, ultimately, because they were so imbibed, so drunk, they uncovered everything. And uncharacteristically, and not according to any AccuWeather weather or weather channels, it started to rain. And it wasn't supposed to rain for another week, at least. And it's raining, and it's pouring so badly, it destroyed all the seeds, all the wagons. The peasants were so shocked, they sobered up from it they were heartbroken they just destroyed the Jew they opened the wagons they uncovered the grains the grains were covered and sealed properly and they uncovered them they ruined him so devastated were they they offered to pay for it he refused he said at least take half finally for half he agreed He accepted the half payment, and the people were so distraught and so upset, including the parrots, that the parrots didn't even realize that his wagons never showed up. And they started heading back with only half the money, but at least they weren't dead. And the foreman says to him, He says, Yanko, what was that? You just performed a miracle. Who are you to make miracles? He says, I didn't make no miracles. He says, What do you mean? It rained. It never rains at this season. He says, I'll tell you. I was by the Tsamachik in Yachidis in a private audience recently. And I discussed several things in private matters. And as I was leaving, the Tsamachelik said to me, Yankul, ki basimcho you. With simcha, you will get out of everything. And therefore, I had no idea what the Tzemach was telling me at the time. But when I left, when I came to this predicament, I realized, this is what the Tzemach wanted. Bismcha, I should be Bismcha and I will get out of my predicament. And the joy is what broke everything, broke all different decrees to the extent that we were saved and we were, came to our salvation. It's not a miracle that I performed. And this is why we say, we wish one another, it should be kabbalas hatera, besimcha with joy, and with full intent from within. And we should a go to this Shabbos, with Shabbos yom shekulei Shabbos, and the Shabbos should be a Shabbos for the honor of Shabbos, Pashas Ba'midbar, we should honor it and keep it properly. And we should see all girls that don't light candles. This should be the Shabbos they start to light candles. And then in those who need Shadukhim, shiduchim will come for them immediately. Those who need blessings, all blessings will come to them. And we're not going to do our Pekayavis or our Sayyidah because we're late. But all blessings will come upon all Klal Yisrael from all the hachlotus, teves, all the good undertakings that we're going to undertake for this Shabbos, the Shabbos, which is going to be a three-day Shabbos, a Shabbos and two days of Shavuos, and Shavuos is a day that we accept again the and we become one with the Almighty, we become one with His Teira, and the Yenim, the Gezeda, the Decree, of a the above cannot come below, and below may not go above, was nullified by Mount Teda. And it is at that point where the Almighty rested on the world physically. And therefore, we know we can see to it that we become an inner sanctuary for God. And the sanctuary in the, the, the desert was not just set up only if they sat for five days, six days minimum if they set up for one hour if they stopped for one day somewhere the whole temple was put together everything was assembled and then taken apart by thousands of the Levites which teaches us wherever we go we have to see to make the impression on other people and other Jews so anyone that didn't take, hasn't got an idea of what to take on as a rakhlata, instead of taking right now a today and a, a a a commitment to something commit today that from now from Wednesday night until Friday afternoon if it's via text, Facebook internet uh, email Twitter, whatever it takes you to do it Get at least one other Jew to not going to come to hear the Ten Commandments, get them to come on Sunday morning to hear Ten Commandments in Shul, to hear the reading of the Sarasadibis, where they'll enter Baruch Shuma and Amen on the Bracha before and the Bracha after, and they will then also be able to stand there and we will stand together, saying Nasev and Kulanu Kiachad, all as one brothers and sisters together. Laylatov, Shabbat shalom, Chag Sameach, Kabbalah Hatera, Besimcha, u'Bepnimius, and if and we will talk, Shalom. Okay, let me get her back. Who? That was yesterday. Oh, we know. And I forgot to say the first thing for somebody, too. He didn't bring anything for his birthday, even. I eh? like that. What did you say? Say what a night, brother. What is it? You him a cake? Yeah. Very nice. I thought got is he gonna get a light? Or is he gonna be like, sorry? You? No. no. i from All the workers and they the new hey, conferences. I thought you were working tonight, Yassi. Hi, Malka, how are you? You you look nervous. Why do you look nervous? I don't know, you look nervous. (laughs) The what? (laughs) Does he know how to sha? You don't know him long enough, he doesn't sha so easy. Yassi, why are you smoking so much tonight? Chimney, yeah. I get, I get a chimney cleaner to you. Um. Okay. You're holding on two weeks now. The two of you. Shavus is coming, but you guys don't live so far away from each other. Ah. Huh? Oh yeah, in Ohol. Okay. All right. Um, things are going well, I presume. Okay. Oh,